0: Kate, the host and producer of pod rocket and this is pod rocket FS jam mashup I'm here with Anthony and Chris hi guys
1: hello, hello hi
0: how's it going
1: It's going great really happy to be doing this with you this was originally my idea and so I'm really glad you were <laughs> into it and wanted to do it I'm such a huge fan of the show and really wanted to get together and just talk about you know podcasting and life and whatnot and all the good stuff. And all I
2: the good just, stuff. Uh, <laughs> turn up like usual and talk like a crazy man.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe just, if you guys just introduce yourselves. Um, I i mean, I, I listen to FS Jam, but uh, just for uh, PodRocket listeners, maybe who don't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am also host, and I would say probably producer's a good term. I edit the episodes <laughs> and tend to reach out to guests. It's uh, not a completely like, you know, one to zero split, but there's definitely, I would say I probably spend more time kind of on the back end doing logistical stuff. And I'm just so passionate about this thing. It's really kind of like the one zone that I feel like I have kind of more autonomy over, like doing Zen and Redwood stuff. They're awesome. They're like huge teams, but they're not really like my thing. They're like, you know, Tom and Anon's thing. So it's cool to like have your own thing and have kind of Quote unquote creative control over. So I just love podcasting and love listening to your podcast. And I think this will be a really fun conversation.
2: Uh, a hill to die on, you may say, or a hill to put a flag on, uh, whichever term suits you. Um, my name is uh, Christopher Burns. I'm CEO and co founder of a company called everfund.co.uk. And we help charities and nonprofits make donating easier through a suite of tools. Magical.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah, it's really exciting. It's awesome to have you guys on. Um, So, Pod Rocket is a uh, web development podcast brought to you by Log Rocket. Um, And we have explored uh, topics outside of web development, but um, we are a web development podcast uh, brought to you by Log Rocket, Um, you know, kind of in the early stages. I listened to a lot of FS Jam, Um, I remember listening, and, um, you know, kind of, we were thinking, like, could we do this? Is it something that's, like, you know, feasible for us? Uh, And, yeah, I listened to a lot of FS Jam, a lot of syntax, um, a lot of uh, different podcasts in in the space.
1: That's cool, yeah, I realized neither of us actually said what FS Jam is, so (laughs) FS Jam is about full stack Jamstack. So if you know what Jamstack is, you're like, whoa, it's like Jamstack with the database. Okay. (laughs) And it started around Redwood JS. Originally, I kind of had the idea that we would bring on Redwood JS core team members, and then Redwood JS contributors and community members. And then we would kind of expand out from there. And immediately we started talking to other people in the community, like Brandon from Blitz, who's also been on Pod Rocket, and lots of other people who are doing similar things, like the Equivine team. We've had a ton of them on, and there was just like so much stuff happening in the space. And then we started talking to Prisma and Fauna and people from Amplify, and there's. Like, I just personally wanted to know so much more about these projects and these people. And I started reaching out to people that I was interested in talking to. And it's been kind of like a very curated set of projects, but there's like so much overlap between our guests and PodRocket's guests. You also bring out lots of founders and talk about like business stuff as well so i think there's just a lot of overlap and anyone who is kind of into one i you know feel pretty comfortable recommending the other because if you like one you'll probably like the other
2: i remember i still remember the day um i kind of coined it i and obviously by coining it um i heard it tom i think tom said it once but he didn't really put the acronym of fs jam i was like, i'm gonna make a twitter account and I'm gonna start something, and I did. I called it FS Jam. It was pink and white because I was like, "What colors do we not see in the uh, in the developer community?" I know pink—that's the perfect <laughs> color. Um, and then, and then, obviously, I started talking to Antti. Antti was like, "I'm really interested in do something. And this point, we didn't even want to do a podcast. That wasn't the first thing we thought of. We thought of a more like overarching community kind of goals. You know, have a forum, do your standard twenty. 10 web things uh and then it was and there was that thing Anthony said to me do you want to do it as a podcast I was like yeah let's give it a go and we just went from there and it was such a interesting experience as I've never done a podcast before um but I've always listened to them myself uh Anthony's obviously done quite a few so he's obviously in, uh much better in that area and we've just gone on and on and on and we've built from nothing to where we are now and every episode I think has brought something unique to the table and to me personally every time that I think about a challenge that I have to solve now I think about a lot of time who have I spoke to on my podcast what have <laughs> they been solving and can I just use their thing instead of building it myself <laughs>
0: totally i mean that's that's the goal of this uh podcast for sure and then hopefully you know people who come on are motivated to uh keep coming on and share um what they're working on uh definitely um okay so i want to talk about like the first uh like beginning of fs jam um so you know you kind of touched on it um i guess you know like maybe anthony like had you done other podcasts you're like oh i can do this or i guess like what was kind of like the like okay how do i actually um you know record the audio that sort of stuff
1: <laughs> yeah this is where having a music background actually came in really handy because i'm familiar with recording technology in general just cuz like i've been in studios for for years and years and years so i have a music degree for people who who don't know And I did a podcast with one of my old music professors, Stuart Sims, and it was called The Loose Filter Podcast. And you can still listen to it if you want to. I have like, you know, 20 or 30 episodes I did with him. And that started back in 2015. And it was the same deal where me and Stuart did everything ourselves. So he already had a whole system. He had a a TypePad website, if you know what that is, and they would go up on SoundCloud. And so it was like a really old school kind of podcasting setup, but it was great because you learn the process of recording the episode, editing the episode, and then uploading it, writing show notes, including links, all that kind of stuff. And so I did that for many years with him. And then I've also been a guest on many podcasts because I listen to so many podcasts. So as I was coming up in the web development space, I was reaching out to people like Brian Douglas and uh, like Drew McClellan and all these people who have their own podcasts. And the real big difference was like, how do you actually host this thing? And that's where we started using Transistor and Transistor is an amazing podcast hosting platform, pretty sure you all have like your own kind of custom thing that you're doing just through through LogRocket. I'm actually kind of curious to hear about that a little bit. But the the whole kind of end to end process I was already familiar with. So it made it easier. i uh, not really reaching out to guests. That was kind of the one thing. But it's like, once you have a platform like once we had tom on i feel like we kind of it was a lot easier to kind of get other people on so we could point to like oh yeah we had the creator of github on our podcast so then other people like oh, okay it must be a real podcast then right. <laughs> and just like it, it kind of snowballed very quickly once you got a couple of kind of key guests on
2: the the most crazy thing about it was i was recently catching up with um a friend who doesn't really keep up with what i do in um uh, the web development life uh she's more of a machine learning medical computing and i'm like oh did i tell you i have a podcast and i'm like oh really like i was like yeah you'd never guess who's been on so i'm like, who i'm like co-founder github she's like github the platform i use every day it's like <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah he's a he's, he's a nice guy and he, we, we speak to him about cool technology and then i'm like but here's every, everyone else, but they're almost as important to me because to me, like Tom, yeah, he's a name that everybody knows and really helped the podcast get going. Everybody else that has been on since, sometimes I found their conversations have been so much more interesting, in different aspects as what they've been built, their different opinions, because when, when we speak to Tom, we all share the same opinion, like, we all really like Redwood and we really like building Redwood and using Redwood. So it all kind of feels the same kind of vibe. But then I think some of the best episodes we've had is when we've had very different opinions or maybe just don't even get it. And the more I talk to people, the more they say about our our Bitcoin episode. <laughs> and I just have to say it because I think it's so, so funny because I don't. I'll be honest, this is a percent truth. I hardly listen to the episodes uh, because I can't stand my own voice. And the one I decided to listen to was the Bitcoin one and with Noah. And Noah's a really great guy. I really enjoyed having him on. I listened to that episode and I felt like I was hitting myself with a brick over the head. But then every single person I've spoke to about that episode has said, you've asked all the questions that, I'm just dying to ask, but nobody wants to ask the stupid questions because, you know, we're all technology, technology background. We're all developers. Surely we understand the blockchain and the uses of Bitcoin and what it really does and really mean and everything around it. So I like to say Anthony brings the sophisticated questions a lot of the time and I bring the uh, logical, stupid, like dumb questions that <laughs> someone just really wants to ask.
0: That's great. That's a, yeah, excellent balance. Um, <laughs> I know that's, I'm starting to see it more with podcasts. I just talked to uh, Tracy Lee a couple of weeks ago. Um, that episode's going live this week uh, and she was, her uh, podcast, Modern Dev, just had a couple episodes on um, blockchain. Uh, and I was asking about that and I, I yeah, see I really it more and her, more. Her
1: episode on blockchain I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah. And she, I, she had a similar sentiment that it, it did super well even though she, isn't super familiar with it, but, um, it did, it did really well.
1: you already talked a little about the origins of pot rocket, but, um, is there anything more there you wanted to share in terms like whose idea it was like anything like that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for asking Anthony. (laughs) Uh, um, so, I mean, if you go back in the early episodes, like you can definitely tell that, uh, we were learning kind of as we were going. Um, and, uh, like this time last year, I was actually, we were trying to just see if we could do it. Um, I was actually Googling like how to record audio. <laughs> um, like that is the stage we were at, um, how to record audio most effectively. Um, we did buy equipment specifically for this podcast. Um, and we were just like, you know, could we do it? Our first episode was with Fred Shot. Um, on snowpack and then we also had like a second segment uh with Kalen, our front-end engineer and he was talking about webpack um and so we kind of like jammed those two together and then i actually edited it in garageband myself and took me like two days (laughs) and um uh it was really challenging but um then we you know passed it around got put it on soundcloud uh you know did some feedback with some listeners um and yeah, people were like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um the biggest feedback was like audio quality could improve, <laughs> which we already knew. Um and yeah, so that that was kind of like how how it started. Um before that or like kind of like how the idea came to be was um we were kind of experimenting with different types of um content. So the Log Rocket blog is um very well known if you haven't uh, Reddit, go check it out.
1: Fantastic. (laughs) The blog is absolutely amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty incredible. Um, and you know, at LogRocket, that's definitely like something we're super, super proud of. Um, and we were kind of, you know, like, okay, we have written content down. What else could we do? Um, we tried YouTube videos, like YouTube tutorials, and, um, we just kind of weren't seeing, you know what we wanted to see, I guess. And so we were like, well, maybe we can try, um, you know, a podcast. And, um, we were actually doing this at like during the pandemic. So it was kind of, everyone was doing a podcast. So you're like, I guess we can start doing a podcast. Um, so that's kind of, that's, uh, how it really kind of started. And now we're at, um, like 60 episodes. Um, we publish, uh, twice a week. Um, so it's really, it's really been fun and we've really, um, we've really like, uh scale production uh pretty quickly
1: yeah i'm kind of jealous actually because you have been like outrunning us in terms of the episode numbers even (laughs) though we started a little earlier you've already gotten more of them because as you say you do two a week and i am like such a control freak about like the editing and spend probably like between five and ten hours editing every episode so it's like a, a huge time sink for me and you've brought on like guests that I was already wanting to bring on but we just like can't get everyone on we want to get on because there's just like only so much time in the day but um it's it's great that you you have a team that kind of can support you and like help you really scale this
0: yeah so uh I don't actually edit them anymore so that helps a lot we have a great sound engineer his name's Craig um we give him shout outs all the time on here hi Craig uh And so he edits, uh, which is super helpful because, um, yeah, that when, like I said, when I, when I edited it in GarageBand, it literally took me like two full days.
2: (laughs) It's the unsung hero of, um, (laughs) podcasting. I really, really I really, (laughs) I am very thankful of Anthony doing it. Um, because I think if I had to do it, I wouldn't know where to start. And the reason (laughs) I say that is... Um, cause yeah, we, we actually bought the microphones ourselves. I bought one off Amazon, uh, and I think Anthony did as well, but the one I bought, and this is honest to God, a, a, a true mistake that I'm saying on air is <laughs> like, and Anthony's going to laugh at this is I didn't know that di- microphones had different directions that you meant to speaking to them. Right. <laughs> so for the first, like, I think like, I think we're on like 50 episodes now, um, <laughs> Yeah, but we're on 50 episodes. So I think for the first 40 or like 45, I was speaking into the top of my microphone when I actually <laughs> needed to be speaking into the side of my microphone. And I just completely didn't notice until this one time I was just playing around with we testing the sound and I was listening to it. And I stood up by accident. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, and then, and then it was like the biggest moment I was like, what, what did I? Why didn't I think of that? Like, of course it's different because I think I got so used to seeing everyone else's microphones with them speaking into the end. That was just, oh, of course it's like that. Like, of course you do that um, without realizing that obviously I'm not an audio technical person and each microphone is very different. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's actually really, um, Kalen, our front end engineer who comes on, uh, and hosts, he was actually using it it was actually backwards so he's talking in the back of the microphone for like a good portion of season one um and uh so you're not alone yep i'm definitely talking to the front i just had
2: to check because uh, that would have been a second like oh my gosh moment No, nope, i'm definitely talking to the front and the right side i can see the logo and i'm pretty sure that's right
0: yeah um yeah so uh Let's talk about you know kind of what podcasts influenced us. Podcast hosts, we talked, we touched on it. Um, I definitely uh, was influenced by you guys as hosts, um, for sure on FS Jam. Um, obviously, Wes and Scott on uh, Syntax. We just had them on. Um, we kind of talked about um, you know their process with Syntax. Um, I think you know you guys as well as Wes and Scott. You know they both are uh, both podcasts kind of bring in like your personalities as hosts. And, um, you know, you're just so involved in like so many different things um, that it's really authentic. And I, I think, you know, we have a little bit different style, but I think ultimately like what we want is authenticity and um, you know, we want people, we want curious people to, you know, walk away with uh, you know, entertainment, but also like technical stuff. Um, And uh, I think you guys do a really good job of that
1: yeah, you definitely bring your, your personalities to it as well. I'm I'm usually kind of like laughing at some stuff Like you guys have some pretty funny comments as you're, you're going. And it's just, it's very, it's very like true to true to life as someone else who's like a a technologist. Like there's so many weird specific things about working in this, in this area that once you're in it, like you, you kind of like in on the joke, (laughs) but um, it's, it's really cool to kind of get to get to listen to that kind of stuff for me. Like, Part of why I wanted to start a podcast is because I listened to so many podcasts, like as I was learning to code in between when I was a music teacher and when I was like actual dev, like I kind of gave up on music, like full stop and just started driving for Uber to like make ends meet. And so I used to listen to about eight hours of podcasts a day just because I was like <laughs> working, driving. And that's just like what, what I did. And it was a great way to kind of continue to try and like learn that skill set while like having so little time and so i'm like so thankful for podcasts for existing period and software engineering daily was was really a big one for me and jeff myerson who for anyone who is following him may know he's been kind of having like a rough time lately but he's on the on the mend now for for anyone who's who's curious and that show is just like so pivotal for me it's been around for six years has close to two thousand episodes now i would guess it's To me, there's nothing else that even comes close to it. So huge respect for Jeff and everything he's built. And then the devchat.tv empire that Chuck has built. He has like 10 shows, Shadows for Jabber, React Roundup, Views on View, a whole set of others. They're great. They have a panel as well. And what I enjoy about FS Jam and PodRocket as well is you have multiple hosts. So it's not quite a panel, but you still have like guests who come on, but you have more than one host just asking questions. So it's hard to... Keep the variety going and make sure you ask all the questions you need to ask with just one person they have to really do their research well but if you can kind of split the difference and have a couple people asking questions you usually cover a wider sphere of important stuff and then uh, react podcast michael chan who i'm now good friends with is another pivotal one for me and that i've listened to a lot and just love his style and love how much he just like is able to like, get into like the the psychology of his guests and like really kind of get the, the interesting questions out of them and, and being able to like speak to them and, and bring out, you know, what you really want to know about them because you know, some people are kind of closed off, especially if they're like, you know, kind of dev people and maybe kind of hard to get them comfortable. So that's actually a really important part of this process as well, making sure they're comfortable enough to like speak freely. And then that can be a hard thing to do
2: as well. I think... Um... Anthony, your story has been so, uh, well, not so well. It's, uh, so incredible how far you've came from even the start of doing FS jam. As you just said, you, you were doing Uber at the time, listening to so many podcasts, you know, you don't, you don't have a university degree like I do, uh, or, you know, been doing it as long, but the amount of knowledge and wealth at, as in knowledge, wealth, not well, wealth, wealth uh you have gained <laughs> like you can say things that even I don't even know I'm like why do I not know this like yeah you can just say what the theory is or the paradox is or uh the the like math things and it's because you're 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 like a knowledge sponge when I'm more like a knowledge drain like a tap <laughs> uh you know and, and I I think it's so so cool to to think that as you said, everything you've done, every podcast you've done, every article you have wrote has took you a step by step further into the role and position you are today. And yeah, you know, I think the reason I started doing things with Anthony in the first way, place was because the articles he was writing were pretty rad, even back then. <laughs> <Awesome>.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Um, I know. Yeah. I, I was going to say like, you know, when, I, when we first interviewed you, um, Anthony, and I was doing some research uh, and you were like, yeah, I was working, you know, I was in the code boot camp and then um, I just like joined these communities and just started doing documentation and just got involved. And like I did a code boot camp um, and honestly, like it didn't even cross my mind to just like go start doing stuff. Like it literally did not even, I was, so um, I think, you know, getting your story out there about, you know, just getting involved is, uh, is really cool.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard to, when you're in that position, you're still learning and you don't even understand the tech yet. Like having that foresight to like go out into a community and start meeting people and networking, like it's, it's so daunting and there's so much happening. You can't even know where to go. So this is where listening to the podcasts came in really, really <laughs> handy because I already knew what Redwood was because I heard Tom give five podcast interviews about it, you know? <laughs> so that's why I'm always so like excited about giving back and by putting these episodes out into the world, so like someone might listen to an FSGM episode and like learn about a project that they want to get involved in. I think that's like so important to put this content out into the world for other people who are looking for their niche to find.
2: And, and to be fair, you can say me and Anthony came together from a podcast because I too listened to Tom talking about Redwood JS on a podcast and was like, "This is pretty good. I should learn some more." And obviously, we both joined uh, the Redwood community at. Pretty much the same time, um, and it just went from there. To be fair, uh, I still use Redwood. Anthony still works with Redwood, uh, and the podcast is on strength to strength. Um, my podcast that I listen to, well, I've got an interesting few, um, and I'll say this because one, I'm a founder. Uh, so the first one I would say is called Build Your SaaS, and it's by the Transistor guys, uh, Justin and John. Um, and they talk about how they've built their SaaS product, how they've bootstrapped it, a lot of it. Uh, it's, it's a lot more about the theory of doing it, the emotion of building it, than this is what technology we've used because they've used completely different technology stacks to us and at Everfund and everything they say, I still relate to. So it's a lot more of a emotional connection as a podcast for me. Um, and then... My favorite podcast ever is uh, ATP.fm by Marco Arment, John Saracusa, and Casey Liss. Um, It's an Apple podcast. I've literally listened to it religiously for like three years, I think. Every episode, listen to, and they just talk about Apple. I would say I'm an Apple fan, uh, but I I more listen to it for their connection and their banter and what they speak about than actually the products if that makes sense um and my final one that this was when i knew i liked podcasting before podcasting uh is the Wan show by linus media group uh that's been going on for like so many years like 5 6 years um and this was when i was back in university uh because they were on canadian time and they live streamed it it's more, it, it's always been a video kind of podcast but they do release it as a podcast um, I've always watched it live uh, on talking about the latest technology, talking about um, their thoughts on it and how how everything goes about it. Um, and all three of them are not actually JavaScript related. Um, I've hardly ever listened to JavaScript podcasts. Um, why? Why? I think it's because I work on it every day that I think listening to it as well would annoy the hell out of me because I'm like, I already know this. This makes me want to cry. I dealt <laughs> with this problem at work and now I'm going to listen to a podcast about it. Or I am dyslexic. And sometimes um, when the, when I, I try to listen to podcasts while I'm coding and sometimes they say pseudocode and I'll start writing their pseudocode <laughs> by mistake. I it's like, wait, no, I'm trying to do my thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, I too have had that. Uh, you're, you're like, um, like listening to music and then you're like typing yeah. lyrics. <laughs> um, um, cool. Yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about community, building a community. Um, you know, Redwood Jazz I think does a great job. Uh, I guess, you know, what are you guys doing kind of with uh, FS Jam community or you know any communities that you're involved in?
1: I think we're not very good at community building. We have a Discord that is completely dead and is just kind of there. It's like post-episode updates. I would really like to invest more in the Jam Discord. It's just hard because I'm already, I'm already doing like a, a million things, so I really can't put more on my plate at this point. So it's hard to kind of like think of you know like a quote-unquote strategy for for our discourse so it's just kind of there people people join hopefully it's nice to get a kind of bump from that if you're not like on twitter it's a good way to keep up with new episodes and stuff like that so that's kind of the extent of it right now i think one day i may like try and dig into that more but unfortunately i just don't really have the, the time for
2: it you know i i think i think talking about you know how full is your play is a really big thing because obviously um so many times we have spoke to each other and said okay we need to do this we need to do that we need to do this and obviously anthony's is uh, a developer advocate for steps i'm running my own company and you just get so lost in your work that you think oh i needed to post that episode like we've been putting all of the episodes on youtube that literally every single episode is lined up to be put on youtube and we said to each other uh this is really recent okay, we'll release them daily. Uh, So that's just me going on at 5 p.m. each day and clicking, like, publish. And it was just too much because I've been so busy doing everything else, you know, chucking water on fires sometimes. And you said you were going to release it
1: daily. I said,
2: why do you want to do them daily? You're not going (laughs) to be able to keep up with that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So maybe maybe in the next week, there's probably going to be a massive dump. That's just like, here's all of them. Because surprisingly, people do listen to them for YouTube as well. They're not video um just the audio but it's that thing it's to me it's just uh making the podcast accessible wherever it is um i think youtube's actually a really interesting medium for podcasts um because some podcasts choose to only put up like the clips like say the highlights of the episodes when others put on the full episode i don't know which one's better but i feel like some people have their choices it's
1: important to also point out that YouTube transcribes and then SEOs your episodes. that's why uploading something to YouTube can actually be super interesting because it makes it more searchable in a way that like podcasts is this huge, like open dead zone of content that doesn't get indexed in the same way. So this is one of the reasons why I put your shows on YouTube just because it will transcribe it automatically and then put it out there and like the, that's actually something I was curious about with PodRog, because you guys do transcripts. So how does that work exactly? You have an actual person sit down and write them.
0: Um, so, uh, we use Rev for our transcripts, so we just use upload the file and then they do it for you.
1: So they probably so so they do everything. So they they probably have their own process where they will auto transcribe it and then have a person go over it. That's that's pretty much the only way. There's still no software, as far as I know, that can actually transcribe technical content correctly without a person going over
0: it yes and you actually can do the just like automated and then uh or you can do automated and have someone go over it for you um and because like words like sequel or you know like kind of like the tech words that like uh grammatically it's correct but uh you when it's a company or a brand it's not correct um that stuff yeah definitely gets gets tricky
1: and then do you all have a community around, like you have a lot of Rocky community, I'm assuming. So you probably kind of feed that all into there.
0: Um, so we actually, yeah, we don't have a discord or a forum for the uh, podcast specifically. Um, and uh, I mean, me, I'm trying to make sure, uh, you know, I I'm, mean, I'm constantly checking Twitter. I'm not really posting on Twitter unless it's our episodes, but um I'm definitely checking Twitter a lot and, you know, looking at web dev stuff. Um, I mean, we really just rely on, like, our guests to, like, share and, um, you know, sh- share all the episodes. Uh, definitely something we probably could be doing more of for Rocket specifically, but um, I actually talked about there this. log
1: there with... community? That was what I'm curious about.
0: Oh, um, we don't have a Discord for Log Rocket either. Um, uh, a lot of our community, actually, I mean, really is, like, the blog, um, you know, we're, we're pretty, like, uh, we encourage everyone to like comment in you the know, blog posts and um, this community really like is very vocal. So like if there's uh, people are curious about something more in a blog or, you know, curious about something um, or they're like, Hey, you know this, I tried this and it didn't work. <laughs> everyone really is uh, super um, active. I think in our, in our blog comments. Um,
1: well, I would hang out in a long rocket discord. If you ever make one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. We've talked about it. Um, but, Yeah. And I actually talked about this with uh, B Dougie on um, our episode. And actually, I think, unfortunately, I don't think we were recording when I talked about it with him. But um, he kind of said the same thing. Like he's like, you know, everyone has a discord that's just like a ghost town just sitting there. And um, uh, that's like a really big thing, uh, a really big need in like communities right now.
1: Yeah. I watched him build up open source over this last year. That was one of the first Discords I ever joined. And it was a, a ghost town for, for many months. And it's, it's not anymore. And there's like, you can't point to a thing that he did that made it not like, it's a, it's a whole holistic process of like always bringing yourself to it and just engaging with the people who do show up. And then out of that whole set of people who show up a small subset of them continue to stick around. And it's, um, it's it's so hard to like make a quote unquote strategy around this stuff. Like it's partly just about being genuine and just showing up and and doing the work, you know.
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like tough to have you know metrics around it, like you said, strategy, you know, um, plan, anything like that. So, um, uh, but I, I I do think you know we're seeing more and more of it. I think um, since I started working at LogRocket, which is uh, over three years ago, I think you know you see more um, people starting communities and you see more like titles of like community manager, community management, um, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. This next one I'm really curious to get into because we're going to talk about like, how do we prepare for episodes? And I remember when I was on your show, I said that you were the most prepared person I've ever seen on a a podcast. terms of like getting an outline and asking questions and pulling together material. This is where I know, our shows are polar opposite. This is not advice I would necessarily give to a podcaster, but me and Chris show up totally blank. We never have an outline. We, we show up and me and him know the type of stuff we want to ask and we know the general outline of things we want to get into, but we have never written an outline for for a show and you have very thorough outlines for your show. So this is like a big difference between how we approach these things.
2: I, I honestly... Um, I honestly think it's crazy. Not that you've gone that line. No, no, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean that me, me and Anthony, we normally on one of us is normally more knowledgeable in the subject area than the other one. So we normally, you know, just let whoever knows more play it. But then it tends to be this point of whoever knows more. It's like, what are they gonna do? Are they are they gonna advocate it or are they gonna grill it? You know, because it normally goes one way or the other. Um, and you know, I like to say, I like to grill even the the things I know because sometimes I feel you can be, yeah, you can be fluffy duffy and, you know, ask the easy questions. Um, but recently we was on a podcast with, uh, Aldo who's building, building lamb dragon. Um, and, and he was like, before the podcast, he went, ask me the, ask me the tough questions. I was like, are you sure you want the tough questions? Because I'll ask the really tough questions. Uh, and I did. And it was like, "Like, yeah, it kind of sounds like a grilling to a certain extent. But it's only because I, it's kind of the critical questions that I think sometimes people want to hear. In terms of planning these questions, um, a lot of them just come to my head while I'm listening to the conversation. Uh, normally, um, with both of us that have 100% at least read like, either the documentation, the website, um, and then, you know, sometimes- Or even have 50, been building with it yeah. for like, or, you know, yeah. months or even a uh, year at a
1: time. So that's the thing is we tend to bring on projects that like we are already personally invested in. And so we have this huge backlog of knowledge about a thing already, just because we use it. We use it day to day, you know, and that's why we bring the people on to talk to them about it. So we have questions that only come through the experience of working with the technology.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think that's why, uh, you know, you're able to like just jump into a podcast and talk about it. Cause you are like in it and use it. Um, and I think like, I'm just kind of a really prepared person anyway, but I think like, I just want to make sure that, you know, we're asking like what people want to know about it. And so I do a ton of research actually before each um, guest. And there's some that like, there's some that I do like somebody do more research than others, but um, I'm usually like reading documentation about whatever they want to talk about. Um, I'm listening to stuff, th- the podcast that they've done before. And like, I also want to make sure that we're not asking like the same questions over and over again. Um, even though there's like kind of general questions you have to ask, like, you know, tell me about this thing and like how it technically works. Um, I just want to make sure that we're not like, you know, tell me more about, you know, this thing that you've talked about a uh, hundred times and um you know, West Boss was just on, and he was saying like uh, he's told his you know coding story a hundred times. And um, while well, he'll you know he'll tweet tweet it out, whatever episode asks him, like he's not sure if people still want to you know kind of keep listening to that. So well,
1: that's an interesting one, though, because like we had Sebastian Lorber on recently from DocuSource Source, and when we asked him like his getting started coding story, he said no one had ever asked him that before. And it was like oh, the first time he ever had the chance to tell it. So that's why we. We kind of bake that into the point where almost every guest, we have them tell their getting started story because we we have people who have never done a podcast before. And I I reach out to people specifically who I know are doing good work and who may not be quote unquote podcast people because I know that they have an hour's worth of things to say, like regardless of whether they've done a podcast or not. And those are the people where you want to make sure you give them the space to tell their story because they have literally never told it before in a public forum.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I, I, we talk about this in the podcast too, kind of like um, it seems like there's uh, you know, with like dev advocates uh, you know, there's kind of like a group of people who like they've been on like 10 podcasts, you know, so it is great to like also reach out to people who, you know, haven't been on as many podcasts um, and hear their stories as well. Um, I think it's, it's really all about, you know, kind of, you know, what you want to get out of each episode and, you know, who who you're talking to, what they're excited about. That's a huge factor also too, of like, the outcomes of our podcast.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think personally, some, some of my favorite episodes of FS jam have actually been the products that I've used every day. Um, that like one of the ones that comes up to the top of my head is, uh, is react query, uh, the tan stack. I was going to say his <laughs> name and I, was, and I was like, I know his name. I'm going to say it. And then my head went, don't mess it up. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, Tyler, tanner lindsley
1: tanner 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 lindsley was on uh rocket as well actually the time yeah yeah um
2: and this was something i used every day and obviously anthony had looked at never read never really used properly and and i i was so enthusiastic for that episode loved every second of it um and then there's some of them that completely surprised me um with their guests uh like uh peter cooper um really interesting uh guy uh runs half of the the network of newsletters and it's just such an interesting story um that you wouldn't know if you didn't interview these people and he had never done a podcast before but he runs half the the, the newsletters on the internet
1: he definitely done podcasts before he was on um screaming in the cloud with a Corey quinn just like a month before we interviewed him there you go <laughs> i would
0: love to have him on Yeah. yeah that was a that
1: was a great episode yeah i really enjoyed that one one of the cool things that I enjoy about doing this is you get to see trends. Like, And for us, we're mostly interviewing people who are working on DevTools. And Twix, Swix put out a, a tweet recently saying that, like, you, like, fart on a Dev Tools company, you get $5 million or something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was just, like, DevTools is just blowing up right now. We bring on so many DevTools companies. So that's really the the big trend I see. And just, like... Ad dev developer advocates and content creators are kind of driving this in a lot of ways, so I see them as kind of like, you know, this. There's this term thought leader, and then influencers. I prefer to call myself a thought fluencer personally, and so this is where I think you have a huge intersection of new things, people who want to know about the new things and, like, how they can kind of work with each other. So that's mostly, like, the trend I see from FSGM, But I'd be curious kind of what trends you see having done PodRocket now for close to a year.
0: Um, yes. So definitely um, we've seen that, too. Like, DevTools, um, we talk to a lot of people, like, in open source. Um, and... Uh, I think, you know, kind of the biggest trend is like, um, talking a lot about like tools that are like their performance of tools, I think is definitely what we've, you know, um, been talking about a lot. Uh, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, kind of our, some of our most popular episodes were like kind of unexpected. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but, um, our rust episode actually did really well and um (laughs) Um, so that was cool to see um solid js uh we just had uh ryan on pretty recently so um yeah we we
1: got got ryan coming up i listened to that episode and immediately reached out to him and said we need to get you on the podcast
0: (laughs) it was kind of like good timing i think um and uh because actually even uh we just had rich Harris on and he was like, Oh yeah, I saw you guys had, uh, um, Ryan. on." so like, I, I don't know if you listened to it, but I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think kind of tools that are, um, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, not different, but kind of like different, but the same, I guess. Um, a lot of what Ryan talked about was, um, you know, kind of, uh, pulling stuff from other you know what he he pulled basically what he liked from other frameworks and um i think people kind of like to hear you know if you have something uh that works for you and it's cool like people like to hear kind of like why and you know what what parts are you pulling from like you know where did you get that idea um that sort of thing
2: what trends are you seeing chris (laughs) my headphones are dead so i'm secretly charging them but okay. I can't hear out my headphones. But hear, when I say yours? this is off the cuff, um, this is very off the cuff. I'm very sorry. Um, oh I'm going to unplug them. And they're going to come back on with 20% instead of zero now. Um, yeah. What trends am I seeing? Um, that's a really good question because I'm a very shiny person, as in I like shiny objects. Um something interesting i love the risky ones with less than 100 stars on github they really get me going <laughs> half the time um you're like oh what is this that i've just found on github uh with less than 100 stars yes let's use it in production that's what i like to hear um and <laughs> um only if it's useful i don't just stick anything <laughs> in, in uh production just to say um put my headphones back the right way um i think the biggest trends that i see is that there's a lot of things that have exponentially grown and became so much easier for developers to just abstract away um for example we're seeing a dev tool for everything from like literally your vs code to you know production there's now a dev tool for every single action that you can probably take in development there's a dev tool that will try and automate that in some way and make it easier for you or do some things you know from uvs code it's now code sandbox Gitpod, uh to literally production that's burst out. and i still think there's so much room to go um in terms of actually what's actually i think the most useful out of all of it it's focusing less on the things that don't matter necessarily to you as the developer i like the, the example i like to do is really bring up stripe in this area because stripe are like known as this you know five lines of code to um create a billing app right but it's not actually five lines of code it's it's five lines of code uh to take a payment But to actually like build the infrastructure is like, I want to view my invoices. I want to sort out my refunds. I want to do all these other things. Um, They've spent a lot of money on that with Stripe checkout. But half the time I would just say, go use Chargebee or Billflow because, you know, it's three lines of code that you actually add to your app and it's completely done for you. Some developers probably would say, well, I want to spend £2,000 on writing all that myself. But one of the biggest things that were actually brought up recently in a uh, meeting I was in was a different startup that I've spent thousands of pound on doing it the AWS way. and two people have probably actually used it, you know, instead of just doing the, um, the, the cheaper way, the faster way, because you know, it's that thing. there's so much work to actually build a payment platform. And what's the point in building it if nobody's going to use it? So you should just use a service that has a free tier to just get going. And it's like that for me with 90% of the dev tools. Uh, I'm I, Anthony knows because Anthony laughs at this. But if it's a tool that's going to save me time or money or even responsibility, as in like I can just offload it to them, I'll probably use it because I've got a lot to do. So the less I can do, the better. And that's where
1: it's it's great having you as like an advocate for other people who are trying to build things is you're like, I'm trying to do something real here. Like I got a company, like we're trying to make money. (laughs) Like you get, you have real (laughs) actual actionable goals you're going for. And that's why you ask the pointed questions. Like you're able to say, you know, I don't care how quote unquote cool or hip this thing is. Like, does it solve a problem? and that doesn't solve my problem specifically. <laughs> yeah. And so having that kind of like pointed question at whatever your use case is, it really helps focus the conversation. That's one of the things I really appreciate about having you on the podcast.
2: And I think it's that thing that, you know, devs, we love to say, you know, we've rewrote it 20 times to be as small and as fast and as everything is possible with no new functionality. Yeah, it's probably the same the first time. And the first time uh, will probably make you money. And the amount of enterprise apps that I've seen recently that I just like, as I say, oh my gosh, why are people using Bootstrap and jQuery in 2021? Like, oh my, this makes me seriously want to be sick. Um, but they make tons of money. Why? Because they don't care about the technology. They just care about fixing and solving the use cases. And I think that's really important. In every episode that we speak to, because when you're a developer and you have to make these decisions, um, you know what tools to use, how you're going to solve a problem. A lot of the time, you have to explain why you've chosen them choices to management or your boss or you know your other co founders in a startup. Of these are the choices I'm making. Yes, I you know, and I tend to find it's it's best to be uh, as transparent as possible, saying. I don't know that area, uh, but this is what I've listened to. This is what I know. Uh, It's easier to probably trust that company and just pay their bill than go make it myself. And I think that's a big thing in developer tools right now is the lowering and lowering and lowering the barrier to entry to the point that anybody can get 90% of a SaaS startup made without using actually their own logic for most of it.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, okay, do we want to talk? Do we want to jump into twenty twenty two trends? Yeah. Or, yeah.
1: What is I the guess. future of yeah. <laughs> our podcasts, Podcasts in general. I see so many companies now making podcasts. You mentioned here, Enhost has one coming up, which I didn't know actually. I follow Enhost, so that's that's really cool. I'll definitely have to listen to that. Like I see um, a lot of blockchain companies; they have their own podcasts as well. And so I think people see it as a useful medium, but it's hard to have a strategy around going back to like our previous conversation about building community and stuff like that. So I think that in general, most people know that it's a good medium, but it's hard to see the ROI on it unless you kind of are just like following people who are listening to it and seeing that engagement. So I'd be curious, like, how do you guys think about like ROI and like what you're kind of getting out of pod rocket in general?
0: Yeah. Um, so it's definitely tough to measure, (laughs) um, uh, you know, metrics for podcasts, um, are not super clear. Um, and, uh, which makes sense because like you download it and, um, then we lose track of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're more thinking of just, you know, um, kind of like, how, do, how do we basically, you know, the, the podcast, uh, kind of exists because, our, you know, our blog is, uh, something that, you know, we're so proud of and it's so huge and it's, um, now such a big part of like our company. Um, we're kind of, you know, just more like, uh, Basically just building a brand, um, you know, being something that, you know, people can rely on, um, being a resource for, you know, basically uh, all developers. Um, so it's it's not really super quantified right now, but um, it's more uh, just, you know, built, more brand building.
1: It's also about building relationships. I know for me, the network I've built through our podcast guests is the strongest network I I have and, and just being able to reach out to these different people and get them on and get to showcase their stuff and then make sure the episode is good and goes out and, you know, represents them in a good way. Like you get so much goodwill back from that and you get to build so many connections and relationships with people through doing it. So for me, that's, that's really where I see the the ROI and the return on investment. And I think that's, it's, it's hard. It's a, it's a long-term play. It's a, it's an infinite game, not a finite game. If you're if you're into that nomenclature, so to me, podcasting is just it's, it's the ultimate infinite game. You know, it's it's a really fun way to just get people together and talking, and then also having a really cool thing to put out into the world after the fact.
2: I think I think the biggest like ROI for me um, is when someone literally says. I've listened to the, you know, I've listened to these episodes. I've, I get that, that joke. I get that reference. Or when someone recommends it to somebody else, it's just like, people are actually listening to this. Um, I, and I still find that crazy because yeah, I can see the statistics saying people are listening to this, but it's so different to see a number saying, this is how many downloads you have to, I'm a person and I'm recommending this, Uh, to somebody else it just is mind-blowing to me um as in people actually want to listen to these things people actually enjoy listening to these things and people actually learn things from these things um it's incredible
0: totally yeah do you guys get a lot of um like responses on twitter like from your fs jam account not a
1: lot on twitter i find that mostly people who are into the show tend to reach out directly through like private channels and like let me know that like hey like i really enjoy your podcast i really enjoy listening to it we've had a couple of people tweet about it over the the year or so but it's also because i hang out so many discords so i'm always like blasting it out to kind of the communities i'm in anyway and i've like built up fans through like the react podcast discord or open sauce or the redwood discord and people seem to really appreciate it and just like getting to be a fly on the wall for the conversations that we have. So again, it's really hard to measure, but I've gotten enough kind of face to face communication with people just saying like, Hey, like I love your podcast. That it, it that really keeps me going.
0: Yeah. I, I was just asking because we actually, we don't get a ton of engagement with uh, our pod Rocket Twitter account, but uh, people will like tweet at me or Brian or Ben directly, which, um, Makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense, but uh, yeah.
2: I I think the biggest question that's always on uh, people's minds is when they recommend it. It's like, who's your favorite host? What's your favorite episode? What's your favorite part? Just tell me. Because obviously we see statistics saying like, this was the most downloaded episode, but what was their favorite episode? What was that moment where they was like, I actually quite enjoy this, you know? Was it on the first episode? Was it on the 10th episode where they're like, I'm going to keep listening to this. You know, what hooked them? What was their first episode? All that stuff I think is so, so interesting uh, that on, on, on anything in terms of analytics does not cover right now. You know, you can't tell what someone's first episode was or their favorite episode because to you could, and to be fair, if you don't know podcasting, you can't even really tell how many subscribers you have. It's an estimate. You know, they say, well, we're taking the averages of your last three downloads and that's how many subscribers you have but it's such a like opaque industry, but it's always because it's been that bootstrapper industry and people like Spotify come along saying we're going to dominate it. And they're not in my eyes. They're still. Well, it's because it's
1: decentralized. It's, it's a, it's an actual decentralized medium where you put your thing out on RSS feed. People choose to download it or they don't. And that's the only metric you get is how many downloads you get into these random, podcast players that are out into the world that's what makes podcasts such a weird interesting medium is it actually takes the fundamentals of the web and puts them to an audio medium so you don't get good metrics on purpose <laughs> because the thing is actually decentralized
2: it's so easy to to understand right it's just a decentralized network where each yeah,
1: player is for it's themselves
0: it's just like a blockchain <laughs> Yeah. No, I was, I was going to say with, uh, um, uh, and host, I just saw that they, I think they have one episode out, um, which I did and I just took notice, but I know that they, they just came on and they were on for, um, they might have, no, I, I don't think they were on for a founder Friday segment, but, um, they're no, pretty small. You had, you had Yohan, yeah. I think for, for founder Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. So, um, uh, and usually like our founder Friday segments are usually the companies are quite small. So, you know, creating a podcast at that size is, uh, exciting. Um, and I know like when I was hired on uh, log rocket, uh, the company was pretty small. So, uh, but, and I started on our blog, um, and it's, it was exciting for me to say like, Oh, a company this size is prioritizing, you know, content. Um, and now specifically a, a content, company is prioritizing, um, specifically like a podcast, you know, which is, um, I think it's that's super exciting
1: I'll have to get on that one I'll have to reach yeah out to I, I talked <laughs> to Johan a, a little bit like I know they have a whole road with integration they're like you know a GraphQL company so obviously I'm very aware aware of them and big fans of what they do
0: yeah you'll have to go you'll have to um be a guest on there
2: <laughs> the open source firebase alternative where have I heard that term
1: but with GraphQL, open source Firebase oh. alternative with GraphQL. That's what makes it different from Superbase. Superbase doesn't have GraphQL built in.
2: Oh, well, this is the thing about all these taglines: um, is you know every every product, every uh, dev tool. You know this the amount of time that's probably spent working out how to put what you do actually simply is such a hard thing. Like, oh, uh, this is React. Yeah, but what kind of React? There's 20 kinds of React. Oh, uh, it's static site React. Uh, okay, the best static site generator in React. is because yeah, you get, you because
1: know. <laughs> you get a single sentence, you get one sentence to yeah. explain your thing, and they're like, if, I, if you can't explain it in one sentence, why should I even care?
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, why should I care? Uh, why should I do this? And the best thing, and I think, and I think, um this is a trend I think we'll continue to see into 2022, 2023 uh, is more open source companies where their main, a lot of their main product and ISP is already open source. And then they tend to close source a cloud version. Um, I think we'll see that a lot more going forward and I think it will just continue to grow. Um, But personally, I, I do have some like ethic, ethic, ethical questions to these things where open source is this really great thing and anyone can contribute. But if this thing's going to make money, shouldn't, uh, you know, the people that are contributing get paid. And there's a lot of them services just coming around that I think are really going to take off because if it is a true open source alternative to X, then surely, you know, you shouldn't put a pull request in unless you're going to get paid for it because, the owners of it are probably going to be paid for it, but that's my personal two uh, two cents on this kind of um, open source software.
0: Yeah, I feel like we've we've had a couple um, guests the last seems like the last couple episodes uh, have been kind of open, that open source model of um, you know open sourcing something and then having the um, the cloud version or um, you know some other paid uh, paid solutions um, as well.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for for doing this with us. I, I really appreciate getting to chat about this stuff. So, and thank you for being such a huge supporter of FS Jam. I've been a huge supporter of pot Rocket, so it's really cool to get to kind of collaborate on some of this stuff. This is really fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for um again. Yeah, this was your idea, so thanks for um putting it out there. And uh, yeah, um, you know, we'll have to uh, do this uh, more often. <laughs>
2: maybe totally. we can make an annual thing hey yeah <laughs> fs jam is probably gonna have another annual episode uh near near the end of the year we definitely should and we definitely could uh you know the roundup of sf jam of uh 2021 because <laughs> i think it's so interesting because i remember this episode and we said what's going to happen in the next year and everyone said everyone had their opinion their own secret flavor of where it's going and i think with specifically with fs jam we're really gonna see if they've hit their goals they're still working towards their goals and what's going to happen next what are they moved on to uh i think it's gonna be super super interesting area to catch up with people that have already been on the show before what's 2022 for fs jam probably more podcasts with people that have been on before <laughs> Anthony.
1: Oh, yeah definitely almost everyone we've had on could come back and do a, a follow-up episode because <laughs> everyone who we've had on is like continuing to do interesting stuff
0: definitely yeah new versions always yeah you can always talk about those <laughs> um great well awesome thank you so much guys and um yeah i really appreciate it
2: thank you thank you Thanks for listening to PodRocket. Find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at LogRocket.